Hello and welcome to Murders in the Midlands, a series of short stories exploring some of the most notorious murders that have occurred across the region over the years. In this episode, we look into the case of Thomas Arthur Bates, a newsagent from Lee Bank who was shot dead in his shop back in 1962. Police arrested a suspect, charged him with murder and hanged him for the crime, but did they get the right person? You decide as we delve deeper into this case and look at the evidence available today. I'm true crime enthusiast Jack Walker. Join me on this journey as we look back through the archives at some of the most violent crimes in the region's history and explore a collection of murders in the Midlands. Thomas Bates murder. Lee Bank, Birmingham, 1962. On Saturday 2nd of June 1962, Thomas Arthur Bates was murdered at the newsagent's shop that he ran in Lee Bank, Birmingham. Described as quiet, always friendly and ready to help, Thomas Bates was born in Kings Norton in June 1915. He moved with his mother to the small shop located at 196 Lee Bank Road, now Lee Bank Middleway, in 1956, after their previous shop in the same area had been pulled down under the redevelopment scheme. On the day in question Thomas and his brother, John, had been watching a cricket match between England and Pakistan on TV in a back room. At around 6.25pm, as play came to an end for the day, John left the store. Approximately five minutes later, the bell on the door of the shop alerted Thomas to a customer's arrival. When he walked into the shop to serve them, he was shot dead. Louisa Bates, Thomas's mother, and her companion, Sally Hodgkinson, had been in the living room behind the shop when they heard a loud bang. Upon entering the shop, they found Thomas collapsed on the floor and the shop in disarray. As they found him alone, and Thomas had been in poor health since a stomach operation eight months previously, they believed he had suffered a heart attack or a stroke and called the emergency services. It is believed that Bates was dead before he reached the city's general hospital on Steelhouse Lane, but it was not until his arrival there that the gunshot wound to his chest was discovered, the bullet had passed through his heart, lungs, and liver. An investigation was launched by Birmingham City Police, led by Detective Chief Superintendent Gerald Baumber. The immediate suspicion was armed robbery, due to the evidence they found at the scene, an empty cash tin on the floor, a bullet hole in the wall behind the counter and a spent cartridge. The shop had been raided twice before, most recently in 1961 when the cash till was stolen. After questioning people who had traveled on the number 8 bus, the means in which the assailant was believed to have escaped, and following inquiries in the local area, including an account from their principal witness, 10-year-old Ann Bradley, Birmingham CID distributed a description of a black male who had been seen outside the shop at the time of Bates's murder. Four days after the killing, police carried out a series of dawn raids on a number of properties across Ladywood and Edgbaston, in which several men were arrested. One of those men was Oswald Augustus Gray, a 19-year-old unemployed baker from Jamaica, who lived on Cadden Hill Road in Edgbaston. When Gray was arrested, he was found with gun cartridges in his pockets. After initially denying being in possession of a weapon, and claiming he'd thrown a gun into the canal two days previously, Gray then led police to the bedroom of a flat owned by one of his friends in Albert Street, where a Walther 7.6mm automatic revolver was found under a wardrobe. 
Gray claimed he has stayed there after a party on the night of Bates's murder and stashed the gun there. Gray was further questioned by police and brought before magistrates on June 7, 1962. He was charged with stealing a pistol and ammunition from a 60-year-old Hansworth man, Hamilton Bacchus. Gray admitted stealing the gun and ammunition from his property on Varna Road but insisted that he did not shoot anyone. Gray claimed that he had given the gun in question to a friend of his known as Mover, real name Harris Canfee. He told police that he had met Mover at Pius's Cafe on Mary Street and handed over the gun, which was returned to him at 10 p.m. on the 2nd of June, after Thomas Bates had been murdered. This was a claim that both Mover, and the owners of the cafe, Cephas Smith and Ephedora Rose, who both knew Gray well, denied. Gray stated that at the time of the murder, he was having a drink with his father, Felix, and a friend, Phyllis Shields, although none of the parties involved could recall the specific time or venue that the drink had taken place. On 8 June 1962, Gray was charged with murder, following an identification parade at which he was positively identified by local prostitute, Cecilia Gibbs. At his trial, Gray maintained his innocence, and four women testified that he was not the man they had seen at the murder scene. Gray had made a confession to police, however, it was alleged that the confession was obtained by the use of force, a claim which the police strongly denied. On 13 October 1962, after the jury deliberated for less than an hour, Gray was found guilty, and immediately sentenced to death. Just days later, Gray filed for appeal. His solicitor, Mr. Owen, claimed that the weight of the evidence against Gray was insufficient for a guilty verdict and particularly, a death sentence. The English Court of Criminal Appeals dismissed the appeal on 29 October. Mr. Owen even called on the Home Secretary after Gray's appeal was dismissed, however, he was advised that he had failed to discover sufficient evidence to justify him advising the Queen to interfere with the due course of the law. Gray was hanged on the gallows at Winston Green Prison on Tuesday, 20 November 1962 by Harry Allen. He was the last person executed both at the prison and in the city. The evidence available on this case today is extremely limited, a lot of it locked away in a vaulted queue and unobtainable under a Freedom of Information request. All we had to go off was news articles at the time from local papers. There is some strong evidence against Gray, such as being in possession of a gun, the same caliber as the murder weapon, and his lack of alibi and ever-changing story. However, four different women testified that he wasn't the person they had seen on the day of Bates's murder at the crime scene. Gray maintained his innocence, even up until his last days in prison before he was hanged. On the weight of probability, it's likely that Gray did commit this crime, but was there enough evidence to send someone to their death? Absolutely not. Thankfully, this was the last hanging in Birmingham, and the death sentence was abolished in 1969. We wonder how many innocent people have been sentenced to death over the years? It's not worth thinking about. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you on the next episode of, Murders in the Midlands. Thank you.